Hi, everybody. This is Talking Digital Industries, the podcast for technologies and trends that drive industrial enterprises. And I'm your host, Chris Brow. Now, I'm certain that if it wasn't for today's topic, I would have thrown my computer out of the window many times. I'd probably still be using a landline and a lot of factories wouldn't produce anything. And I'm sure my two guests feel the same way. Today, I'm joined by Karen Florschitz, CEO of Customer Services at Siemens Digital Industries, and by Fabio Migliorati, who is a service engineer from Italy. Now, first off, Karen, when was the last time you were stuck in, let's say, you know, a, a, a hold the line loop where you would listen to the recurring tunes of please hold the line music over and over again? Karen, when was the last time? Actually, Chris, it was just last week because um, the, the landline of my parents broke down and um, I tried to get someone to, you know, check the line and I was talking to a computer and um, all the time that person or that computer told me, please dial in again, please do this, <laughs> I can't hear you, I don't understand you. It drove me nuts, honestly. Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. You, all you want to do is get to somebody who can help you out and you have the feeling that you have to kind of like work your way through it level to level until you actually reach like, you know, like you're playing a game, you reach the end boss and you're just about to reach him and then you have to start it all over again. That's how I feel. Um, Fabio, first off, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Migliorati? Yes, this is right. This is right. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So what about you? When did you, uh, when was the last time you came across a situation like that? Um, yesterday afternoon, uh, because um, I'm trying to receive some shipments, but of course, due to Corona, there are some difficulties and uh, I continue calling, but nobody knows where is my box. So I will continue again and again. So I think we all know how it feels, you know, to be stuck in a queue while all we really want to do is figure out what the problem is and, of course, find somebody that can help us with a solution. And over the last years, customer service has changed a lot. You all know the frequently asked questions, the chatbots, uh, the fast answers of social media teams. But for the industry, customer service changed even further. Service engineers like Fabio still help with the commissioning of machines and they still help to keep production lines running. But with digital services, there's an exciting new field of services that we'll talk about today. And of course, I have to address the elephant in the room, social distancing, okay? Not that you think we're in a podcast studio all together here somehow. We're sitting at home and recording remotely. And this is the first time we're doing talk Talking Digital Industries remotely. So, you know, if the sound isn't as crisp as possible or you hear a plopping and a popping every now and then, don't judge us, all right? This is our first time, but I think this is working out very well so far. So, Karen, I imagine that for service experts, this remote situation isn't quite as new as for our podcast, right? Well, what is new, of course, is uh, we all didn't anticipate Corona coming, but um, for services, actually, it is a situation where, um, yes, remote services are there, as well as some other digital services that are not entirely new. We already helped customers remotely, or we're just already doing that. Um, and of course, now in that situation, that helps a lot. A lot of our customers, and you mentioned social distancing, do not want to have people at site. So of course, with remote services, you can still help them to actually do some, some services at the machines, mm -hmm. um, maybe 
look at um, if there needs to be some fixing. So all of that is already there. And um, it is actually, especially in the, the, the automotive, for example, it's mm -hmm. a cost availability of service. We can support the customers remotely mm -hmm. and talk their service people through. And obviously, uh, the advantage is that you can reduce downtimes, which I can imagine are extremely expensive for a company. Absolutely. Just imagine um, if one of the like key machines or or part is like the, like a press is not working, mm -hmm. and the whole production is on hold. Mm -hmm. That for a day, if you have a downtime for a day, that is a lot of dollars or a lot of euros and uh, no company wants to have that. So of course, it's, it's very important to have these, these remote services to help the customer and be there for them. And Fabio, you mentioned before that um, you are out in the field and I think he can really tell a couple of, of nice stories where now he's working from home, but of course, there's also times where he is out at the customers. Yes, uh, the big difference than the normal situation is that uh, the remote connection uh, normally is a, a solution and now is uh, the best way we have to support the customer, but sure in some situation we go wherever to the customer and uh, because we, we, the indispensable supply chain uh, is uh, in a, has some problem, we have to in intervene and uh, and solve this problem to to guarantee that the, the supply chain continue with uh, with no problems. Concrete examples that you can give us, like just recently, anything that happened? The weeks before, I I was in a remote connection to a customer uh, abroad. Mm -hmm. So in Greece, uh, they installed a, a spare part, but, but they was not able to commission it to start up it. And uh, with the remote connection, I helped them to, to do that and uh, they restart the production. Luckily, we have the, the services uh, to, to get connected and to help them, uh, however. And that way you still got access to the machine and we're able yes. to find the problem. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, there are different uh, features uh, we use uh, that uh, we can work in the same way that uh, we are in front of the plant or uh, mm -hmm. the machine. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's like a virtual service, I guess. Um, something I, I read about and uh, I heard about when I first heard of it, I had a picture of a, um, you know, a service technician sitting at home guiding someone through an installation or a repair um, using virtual reality glasses. Uh, is this still science fiction or is this the actual situation today? That's not science fiction. <laughs> huh. No, it is um, sometimes already the, the reality. Mm -hmm. And what you mentioned with um, glasses where you're talking somebody through, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That is one of the, the virtual reality or augmented reality services. It's not broadly rolled out, um, but we're using that already in the in the part of when we're not able to go to a customer site. So mm -hmm. we are doing a couple of, of, of um, you know, pilot cases, but you can also just imagine if you are one of the mountain bikers and you sometimes put a GoPro on, mm -hmm. on your helmet and mm -hmm. you want everyone to see what cool, you know, hill you're driving down. Mm -hmm. That is a bit the feeling that some of these people will have because with the GoPro or with the, the, the glasses, someone remotely can talk you through what you need to do. Mm -hmm. So he's seeing exactly what the service guy in, for example, the automotive plant or at the machine really mm -hmm. sees and can mm -hmm. tell him 
in a virtual way. And that is also possible for training, for training mm. the, the service people what to do, how to do it. And he or she can even see exactly what the other person is doing. So right. it's not science fiction. It's already there. But um, I wouldn't say it's it's rolled out broadly or it's it's in use everywhere. Right. And I, I was about to say, especially in times like this, you know, this is, I guess you could say, kind of like a, a boost for this technology, because now it's like, OK, luckily we have the technology, even if it's not completely rolled out, like you said. But this will, I think, accelerate definitely the um, the process and the whole development of this uh, technology, don't you think? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we talk about digitalization in general, Karen? I mean, I'm sure digitalization is a topic everybody's heard about um, by now, but it means something different for, for everybody in every industry. Is this where digital services actually comes into play? Absolutely. I think um, you mentioned it correctly, Chris. Digitalization means something different for everyone. And it's now a situation where I think you need to really find out what is it, what maybe the person that is asking you about digitalization really needs help with. Mm -hmm. So um, what we, for example, do is really find out um, what is the customer or the, the, you know, our client really wanting to do with digitalization. Mm -hmm. um, we have a couple of, you know, methods to find out what is it that uh, he or she wants, because often somebody says, hey, I heard about industry 4.0. I heard about digitalization. I need that too. What mm -hmm. can I do? Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's really they just want to have maybe part of their factory where they get some data from that mm -hmm. they want to have digitalized. So we have a, a method called consult, implement and optimize where we help our customers to really find in which part also of a digitalization are they and mm -hmm. um, what would be the best benefit? Is it productivity? Is it um, just getting data and analyzing the data? Or is it a, a major part of that process that is not working? Okay. So uh, for me, I understand it as that you have to actually listen to your customer more than ever also when it comes to digital services, because, you know, the differentiation level of digital services um, is so, so big, so broad that once again, it's not the same for everybody. You can't just say, hey, you're digital now, you're digital now. It, it doesn't apply to everybody. So you really have to, you know, know what your customer needs and listen to them uh, in the appropriate way, right? Absolutely. And it's right. not one size fits all. Right. It's really individual. And it is something where we're first sitting down with them and really discussing what are their actual needs and what is their challenge. Mm -hmm. And then we come up with together um, with a kind of a roadmap. What is it they want to change or do and really see how can we do that? How can mm -hmm. we support them? And what we have done also to, to, um, you know, make it more transparent, we have digitalized all our factories so that we can actually relate to the issues and the topics of our customers. And as I said, we, we sit down, we talk about what could be the next possible steps and also what do they, like our customers want to get out of that mm -hmm. productivity, mm -hmm. 
a dashboard, you know, um, more information, knowing exactly when something is breaking down, like predictive services, things like that. Maybe we can stick to the, the roadmap you just mentioned. Um, what, what is a roadmap? What does this kind of roadmap look like? As I said, it's very individual. Mm -hmm. And we go step by step. We first, for example, if you look at a, a production and the person says, I think I could be more productive. We mm -hmm. then analyze where it, are their bottlenecks? Mm -hmm. Where is maybe something where they, they are losing time? Um, we also look at, can we create a digital twin of like a production line mm -hmm. to actually see is the timing think about it like um, in the food and beverage industry if you have mm -hmm. a cartridge where milk is poured in mm -hmm. and if the milk cartridge is a little bit too fast or too slow and the milk is is going onto the floor that would be a bad point right so you want to have it right and with a digital twin you can actually already without messing up your production you can simulate all that up front or in between, and you can actually see, okay, if I change this part or that part, and I do that in this kind of a sequence, mm -hmm. then this would work or bam, the milk is dropping onto the floor. Okay. So it kind of seems like the, the, the digital twin kind of sounds like the magic wand of digitalization. And I've been with working with Siemens now for, for, for a few years, and um, the, the digital twin topic has popped up so many times, basically, uh, no matter who I talk with. Um, maybe, Fabio, you can explain how you work with the digital twin, and where do I get the data I need? Uh, Digital Twin is a, a, a software that simulates a, a controller like a PLC or a, a numerical control. Right. And uh, you can work on that and obtain the same answer and reaction of the real plant. You can work with, with it in two ways. The first is for commissioning. So you can create your configuration, you can develop your application and then mm -hmm. test it on that. And uh, do this complete simulation of, of your process. And when you are ready, when you have finished this activity, you can load uh, your, uh, your data, your, uh, your code, your software to the real plant. And this is ready to be used. And uh, is uh, normally 95, 99 that already tested and you can run it safely. The second way is uh, for uh, problem solving. You can take the complete data archive of a real plant and load it mm -hmm. on your laptop. And after that, you have on your laptop the real situation. And uh, in this way, you can uh, do test analysis without involving the real plant. So without stop it and without have the risk of uh, some damages or something like that. You have to consider that uh, uh, if you make a, an error, programming error on your digital twin, you have mm -hmm. just a, a warning, a pop-up, a collision, something like that. I think about a sensor of a pneumatic cylinder. You have a, mm -hmm. a wrong movement. The, the collision is a software. It's just a message, a, a red line, uh, a red writing, something like that. If you do that in the real plant, uh, you can have a thousand of uh, euros of damage. Right. Uh, I am a service engineer, so we support our customer in the first part for the creation of the digital twin, and then they give to our customer this tool to start up the application uh, faster mm -hmm. and with a, in a cheaper way. And uh, 
most of all, we support the customer in the, in the second way. So uh, I have the example of last week, I have a customer with a problem to a, a plant in a, in an end customer and uh, they have a machine surface problem. They didn't mm-hmm. get the right quality and it was not possible to go there because it was far and uh, the, the customer was one that cannot supply the, the health condition. So mm-hmm. uh, I asked to, the, to, to them the, the, the complete archive of the machine. I load it on my, on my laptop and I have the possibility to run on my laptop the machining, trace some uh, uh, important variable uh, about the process and after that mm-hmm. I do my analysis uh, with our uh, tools and uh, I send back the solution to the customer. He tested wow. and uh, he, he gets the, 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 the right quality the, the customer needs and so we solve uh, in this way. I hear about it so often now, Digital Twin, and I'm always fascinated once again about what it can actually do. And if I get this right, I can now step by step basically digitalize my production line. That's one of the things that digital services offers me and enables. Uh, but is is that it when it comes to digital services? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, let me quickly go back to the, the digital twin. Mm-hmm. You cannot just only digitalize the full line. You can digitalize also use a digital twin for individual machines. Mm-hmm. So I think that is also an advantage that you know exactly right. what the machine can do. If you get a new machine, how you can fit it into your line or in the in the whole flow of your production. But right. you mentioned about whether that it is it with the digital services. No, mm-hmm. it is not. Now we are really optimizing the, the production line of our customers step by step. And that can range from, you know, installing edge devices. And you probably heard about edge computing, you know, on-premise, um, looking at data. It could go over commissioning and it can go over optimizing like the a CNC machine, for example, like Fabio does. Mm. And it brings you some of the data from the machine, maybe also into the cloud that you can analyze it. Mm. And this is, for example, where... You can, you can look at all the data that you have from your production line. And just imagine in one of your, your factories, you have several of these production lines. Mm. You can now optimize and we help the customers to have the same kind of productivity for each of these lines. And if you think about, you have that over several countries. We also help to analyze, okay, what kind of data do you have? Because if you have it over more countries, you will probably send some of that to a cloud to actually have it available for the other countries as well. So it wouldn't help you if you just have it on premise. But there you can actually see also where are maybe your your bottlenecks in yeah. these productions globally. So I call that closed loop analytics because we really look at this one production line, where can we optimize? Where can we maybe get something more out? So that is also a service and it doesn't stop, you know, even there. We even go further on that. If I, if I may jump to predictive services here real quick, because obviously this also plays plays a major role when it comes to optimizing production lines. We talked about downtimes just a few minutes ago, and, and during my preparation, I stumbled over an article about you being able to prevent downtimes with predictive services. The other question is, can you actually predict the future? I mean, how do you actually do that? Unfortunately, I don't have a crystal ball to predict <laughs> the future. <laughs> but, That'd be a funny know, picture. We can, actually, we can all already predict, you know, the, the perfect time to do maintenance. 
Mm-hmm. And I give you an example for that. If you look at a at a, a milling process, mm-hmm. um, you have a spindle in there, the milling spindle, mm-hmm. and during your you know uh, process of milling, there's really fine powdery dust coming out of um, the, the the process, mm-hmm. and that goes into your spindle. Normally, we say um, if you're using a spindle. It can only, you know, drill down 50 boards. Maybe you want to do 100. So mm-hmm. after 50, you should really do the, some maintenance and exchange the spindle. But what about the spindle is breaking down before? Or mm-hmm. you could have even run it up to the 100 boards you want to really drill. Mm-hmm. So with predictive services, you can actually say, what is the status? How is the condition of your spindle? Is it okay to still go on or is it close to failing? And for that, we are analyzing data and we can actually do really a good assist for our customers to say, this is exactly where, you know, we should come in and or you should exchange the spindle, uh, maybe at uh, 98. And mm-hmm. um, the next time it's only um, 52. So. After being able to predict the future, which you nicely uh, just demonstrated, uh, Karen, let's talk about the present. I mean, some services obviously can't be done remotely. Fabio, can you give give us an example about services that, that happen locally that have to be done locally? Um, yes. Um, last week, I had the possibility to execute an intervention to a customer who is part uh, of the indispensable supply chain and who was able to comply with the health safety protocol uh, we existing in, in Italy. Uh, the intervention took place in, uh, in Imola for three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a city 200 kilometers far from me. And the target was the, the commissioning of a machine tool system. I have to say that the restrictions that force us at home in these days are easy to, uh, to, to be respected. But go out for work in these days is also a very strange experience. Uh, highway was desert. Uh, uh, all the shop was closed. Uh, it was hard to meet one person. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, an atmosphere uh, similar to a movie. And before to go, every single aspect must be planned uh, really in detail because uh, you have to obtain gloves and health mask. Uh, you have to prepare your food, uh, uh, go to mm-hmm. the supermarket uh, and these things. Also to book the hotel is, uh, is very is very difficult. Uh, so <laughs> you have to get uh, really prepared to, to go out uh, in your uh, mission. I have to say that in this situation, the customer uh, has helped me and was very friendly because... Uh, yeah. uh, he organized for me the best way with the right distances and the right uh, place uh, to work in a good way and uh, with the health and uh, respecting the, 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 the rules. And yeah. uh, he organizes the lunch all together with the right distances, but uh, just to have a moment together uh, to, to right. share it and uh, to stay together. And uh, he suggested me the hotel because sure it was really difficult to find a place to stay overnight. Sounds so nice. Sounds so, so how do you say, you know, it's, it's like we always take that stuff for granted. And now you kind of like see these situations from a different perspective also, right? It sounds like you have a quite a nice relationship there with your customer. Yes, in my opinion, uh, this moment of common difficulty, the relationship uh, are more strength. There is uh, more attention uh, in uh, each other, in the problem we have each other, and uh, is 
the things that's a little bit lost uh, in this period and uh, now we are discovering again uh, these things to stay uh, together to to help the other people uh, uh, with uh, no other sense and uh, I think more than previous, uh, we we have a, a good partnership with our customer that is not mm-hmm. just uh, related to the work, but also to the to the person. And I, I'm really happy because uh, in this period, I receive a lot of messages from some customer I, I normally visit and uh, they ask me, how are you and these things. But I think after this situation, we will be more closer and uh, we can work better together. Mm-hmm. I think just as Fabio just described, services and um, the way we are interacting with our customers to really have a trusted relationship or partnership is important, especially in times like this. And um, as services, we are there to keep, of course, the the production of our customers running. And uh, as Fabio mentioned, I think we see different kind of relationships suddenly um, coming up because our customers do have a factory. They do have a, a, a site. Um, they have most of the time brownfields and we are helping them to connect and to service and to do even remote services, even currently. And um, we've done that before, but now it's even more of a challenge and more of a, a working together and dif- working differently together. And um, yeah, we are there for our customers. We want to have that relationship with them and our customers want to have the relationship with us, which is absolutely great because in the end we want to keep their production running so basically you know it's kind of like coming closer together um thus keeping the distance we all have to kind of like keep uh in this current situation and i think that's kind of like the same thing we did with this with this podcast here today you know although we're all in remote locations i felt very close to both of you karen and fabio and i think this is a a nice statement for the end of the show i'd like to thank you very much for joining us for your insights um and for testing remote podcasting with me um did you did you guys like it karen fabio absolutely that was great (laughs) yes it was great and many thanks for inviting me Yes, anytime again. And I'd also like to thank our listeners. Um, I hope you also had a great time. Stay safe out there and be sure to tune in again next time. And if you enjoyed our chat and want to learn more about services, you can go to www.siemens.com slash digital minus enterprise minus services. So once again, this is Talking Digital Industries. Join us again soon.